Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Andy Zemanidis, Halk's executive director, joins me today to discuss a number of developments from the East Med to the halls of Congress. We look at a story unfolding that indicates that Cyprus has reportedly secured a deal to procure Israel's cutting-edge Iron Dome air defense system, the latest reaction from a bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers to reports that Turkey is moving forward with another acquisition of Russian S-400 missiles, and what this means for the No Jets for Turkey campaign, the latest viral campaign led by Halk and the Armenian National Committee of America to shed light on U.S. Senate candidate Dr. Mehmet Aziz's connections to Turkey, and the wiretapping scandal in Greece that is dominating Greek headlines. Andy, welcome back on The Greek Current. Dano, we missed you. Thanks for letting me uh, fill in last week. <laughs> Thank you. Andy, Kathy Merini reported recently that Cyprus has secured a deal to procure Israel's cutting-edge Iron Dome air defense system. What do we know so far about this deal, and should Cyprus acquire the Iron Dome or an Iron Dome light, as has been suggested? How much of a game-changer would this be? So we know preciously little about this deal because official sources are saying no comment. But there is no question that Cyprus and Israel and Cyprus and other Western countries have been ramping up defense ties. Such a deal would not come as a surprise. We'll find out more about it depending on what system is in play. It will tell us a lot about what the status of the full lifting of the arms embargo on Cyprus is from the U.S., because some of these Israeli systems have American investments in them. And as we know, Cyprus, which is fully complying with sanctions against Russia and unilaterally stopped Russian port calls, now fulfills all the conditions for a full lifting of the Cyprus arms embargo. So there are a lot of uh, layers to this onion and no information coming from official sources, but it would be a game changer. It would be a game changer, not only in terms of showing Cyprus getting a little more serious about modern warfare and defending its territory, but in terms of being integrated in Western security systems, Israel, I don't think would just sell Iron Dome systems just to be an arms exporter, but I think would look at Cyprus as part of a broader regional security shield and security system. So once we find out more official feedback, this is going to be a pretty exciting development. Cypriot security concerns are linked to an increasingly aggressive Turkey that has become a destabilizing actor in the region, threatening EU members and NATO allies. The latest reports that Turkey is considering further acquisitions of Russian S-400s piles onto these concerns. Congress has obviously taken note, and leaders like Chris Pappas are making their voices heard. What does this mean for the No Jets for Turkey campaign? You know, Congress, from the beginning of the No Jets for Turkey campaign, but also the beginning of congressional pushback, and let's remember, it was Congress that forced Turkey out of the F-35 program because of the acquisition of S-400s. Now is... As people and policymakers and analysts try to envision a scenario in which Turkey can restore some of its defense ties with the United States, there has been this working assumption that some solution is going to be found to the S-400s, not a solution that says, oh, just keep acquiring them and we'll give you a different weapon. You'll talk to even the biggest Turkey apologists and they'll tell you, well, the S-400s are never going to come out of the box. And they're talking about the S-400s that Turkey has already acquired. Now we find out that Turkey is going to acquire more S-400s. There may be a debate 
under which mechanism, whether it's a new deal or completing the first deal. But there cannot be a solution to the S-400 issue and the CATSA sanctions issue if Turkey keeps acquiring S-400s. So this is, once again, Turkey saying our interests and our regional aspirations, we don't care what the U.S. law says. This is Congress now turning back with the latest letter saying CATSA is clear. We impose CATSA not only to punish people and not even primarily to punish people doing business with Russia, but in the case of Turkey, because we have extreme co-location concerns about our systems, Turkey getting additional S-400s makes those co-location concerns. And by co-location concerns, meaning having S-400s and advanced American technology in the same theater so Russian systems can train on American systems and potentially capture key information. So when people who are trying to fix a relationship are working in one direction, Turkey is going in the other direction. And I think this is going to deepen congressional resolve to not let Turkey get advanced systems like upgraded F-16s without playing by the rules that Congress has set. Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlut Cavusoglu this week said Ankara won't buy F-16 jets from the United States if restrictions such as prohibiting their use against NATO ally Greece are imposed. Is this another desperate attempt at blackmail from Ankara? Yeah, I, I can't believe that he went and said that. I mean, the conditions imposed by Congress were narrow. You cannot use them for territorial overflights. It's pretty cut and dry. This is not about the six to 10 miles that they dispute. This is about territorial overflights. And Turkey says, and Chavusoglu, who clearly has foot in the mouth disease, and you know he, he didn't get the vaccination from it, he clearly has not recovered from his bout with foot in the mouth disease, stuck it right back in and said, no, we want to have the ability to continue our warmongering against Greece to fly over over actual Greek territory to violate civil aviation space of Greece and to do it with your weapons. And, you know, State Department said in its letter to Congress back in February, we want to consider such sales for reasons of NATO alliance unity, right? Congress kind of accepted the premise and tested it and says, if we want to have NATO alliance unity, let's make sure that we don't give NATO allies weapons with which to attack other NATO allies. And now the Turkish foreign minister is saying, no, we won't accept them unless you allow us to use them to attack, potentially attack another NATO ally. So it's ridiculous. Turkey has been playing this blackmail game. They played it originally with the S-400s, you know, trying to get better deal on the Patriots. And I mean, it's ironic, actually a bit hilarious. And Aaron Stein, who's been a guest on our podcast pointed out, they're accepting this same exact deal, if not a little bit worse, on these S-400s or these latest batch of S-400s, as what President Obama and the Obama administration had offered him with patriots. So Turkey is a little desperate. Turkey overplayed its hand for a number of years on this S-400s, and they're overplaying their hand now. You know, Andy, as we talked about Congress earlier, I want to look at something that's related to Congress, and that's Dr. Mehmet Oz, who, despite his close ties to the Turkish state, is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. Halk and the Armenian National Committee just released a video that went viral on Twitter and raised key questions about Oz's ties to Ankara. Is the, you know, hashtag Stop Oz campaign taking off? Well, I think it's been taking off 
for a while now, and it's why his primary election was as close as it was. Let's remember back in the primary, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo supported his primary opponent in the Republican primary and called Dr. Oz a potential national security threat. But we raise, and this is for all the the jokers who claim this is just Turkophobia or Islamophobia. No, it's not. In fact, some people are saying, well, you won't say the same thing about Greek-American members of Congress. That's right, because Greek-American members of Congress are not Greek citizens, don't vote in Greek elections, don't serve in the Greek military, don't take money from a GNA Airlines, and don't hide their positions on issues like the Armenian genocide. And Josh Rogan pointed this out, the, the Washington Post foreign affairs expert, who said, never before has our country experienced a senator who has dual citizenship, served in a foreign military, and maintains deep ties to the other nation where he holds citizenship. And that nation, of course, being Turkey. And Dr. Oz has a myriad connections to the circle of Erdogan. This is not a dissident who lost his passport, who was kicked out. And we haven't seen him being critical of Erdogan. And of course, as a senator, he's going to have a say on a lot of these issues. And let's remember some of the great policy successes over the last few years. When the Armenian genocide was recognized in the Senate, it was done by unanimous consent. And as a lot of our followers know, it took three or four times for Senators Menendez and Cruz to get that unanimous consent through because Lindsey Graham got up and objected and two or three other senators got up and objected until they ran out of objectors. Somebody like a Dr. Oz, if we don't know his positions, he fails. He completely avoids the questions. He's been asked to clarify his position on the occupation of Cyprus, on the Armenian genocide, on the Blue Homeland Doctrine, on Osman Kavala, on Demirtas. He hasn't done it. And he could definitely affect those issues as a senator, if by no other reason, by trying to exercise filibuster or preventing unanimous consent. Andy, as we wrap up, I want to turn to Greece, where a wiretapping scandal has captured the public's attention, is dominating the headlines, and has you know, turned up the heat on the government of Prime Minister Mitsotakis. Are we seeing a Greek, quote-unquote, Watergate, as some have been calling it, unfold, or is that hyperbole? I think it's definitely hyperbole. It's not something that should be dismissed. It's not something anybody should be happy about. But Watergate was about a cover-up and a failure to reform and digging in. That's now what we see. Unfortunately, I think there are a series of mistakes are being made, whether it's attacking specific journalists. But that's the process story. The substance story, this is why it's not Watergate. And given what we've gone through in this country with multiple congressional investigations, the last Congress into a president, what we just saw with the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago because they could not have cooperation on the handing over of classified governments, we're seeing the opposite. The prime minister has started enforcing some type of accountability with accepting resignations, and I would probably asking for them. He addressed the people of Greece. He accepted this investigation that's coming, his proposed reforms. That might not be enough. That might just be the beginning of the conversation. But this is a process that's happening that actually... That's the way accountability and transparency should work. We've experienced the exact opposite in the United States. Now, we can't prejudge a situation. The investigation is going to play out. But we should welcome that from the government down, everybody's saying something wrong happened. Let's figure out how to fix it. I will say the New York Times approach to Greece is a little suspicious. The New York Times has had it out 
for this particular Greek government from the get-go. As soon as the Mitsotakis government was elected, the New York Times was publishing pieces comparing Mitsotakis to Orban. That's not credible. That's an absolutely laughable proposition. Then there was the supposed forensic investigation into the Everest border, the New York Times reporting on black sites that were not black sites, on you know bullets that could not be traced to the Greek army, or the Greek army, which was not responsible for guarding the Everest border at that point anyway. A completely discredited report that the New York Times never retracted or fully corrected. And now this last one, which it was an editorial, and we should be clear about this because it's presented in some circles as Greece as a report. It's not reporting. It was an editorial. And then after that, a very provocative headline that was meant to just get clicks. Somebody is out there wanting to prejudge the situation. I think it's fair to say somebody, especially at the New York Times, has had it out for this particular Greek government. That story, let's find out more about that in the future. But this investigation, this process, and the chance for reform that's being welcomed and called for by everybody, including the government, is an opportunity here. Andy, thanks for joining us again. Great speaking with you. Thanks, Tano. In other news, Finland will host talks with Sweden and Turkey, the first three-day meeting on the Nordic country's NATO membership bids since Ankara demanded dozens of extraditions from Stockholm in exchange for support. The talks involving officials from the three countries will take place after a marked shift in tone from Sweden, which has begun deportations of two people wanted by Turkey and whose prime minister criticized a potential coalition partner for supporting Kurdish militants. Turkey has threatened to withhold approval unless Stockholm agrees to extradite 73 people. 23 of NATO's 30 members have already ratified Sweden and Finland's membership, but all 30 members need to ratify the applications. Finally, the government and Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, in particular, are reportedly set to go on the offensive during Friday's debate in Parliament on the wiretapping affair, which has been requested by main opposition Syriza leader Alexis Tsipras and has also been attracting growing international interest. Mitsotakis is expected to stress that it was he who opened the issue in early August when he was informed about the wiretapping attempt on the mobile phone of PASOK leader Nikos Androulakis. The government will also raise the issue of the country's National Intelligence Service and what needs to be done to prevent new instances of surveillance like the one on Androulakis' mobile phone. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.